محمد علي الشمالي وكذا منظر تقول لنا صلوات على محمد وعلى محمد
clarify the role of sincerity. First of all, we should know that as soon as we talk about sincerity, the role of intention becomes important. Because there is no way to understand sincerity or lack of sincerity unless you talk about intention. When you look at someone's action or your own action, if you have all the information, if you know how that action has been done, or how, for example, uh, even that action has led to consequences, outcomes of action, you would not still understand whether that was a good action or bad action unless you can understand the intention behind that action. For example, if we see there is a hospital made by some people and you know every single fence which has been put there comes from certain sources, everything is documented, registered, you know how they built it and also you know how many people have been benefiting from this hospital has been very useful and beneficial apparently but still you cannot understand whether that charitable work was sincere or not unless you can get into the intention of people even to be beneficial is not a sign of necessarily being unsincerely there are people who do things without sincerity and there are people who help there can be people who just want to show up and feed people. Okay, the people who have no food will benefit, but it doesn't mean that it was sincere. Even teachers, even scholars, speakers, they may say things and people learn and benefit, but it doesn't mean that it was necessarily done out of sincerity. The only way to understand sincerity is to go beyond the physics of the action, to go beyond the outcomes, and just go into the heart of the agents. Because that is where you can find the intention. Intention is not even in the mind. Intention is in the heart. And therefore, we find in our hadith that anidiyato asasul amal. We may think niya is a small part of it. The main thing is what you do outside. But actually, the foundation of the action is niya. If there is no sincere intention, it's like a building without foundation. Even bad intention cannot be foundation. It's like a weak foundation. It's only when you have sincere intention that your action has a strong foundation. 
And one of the beauties of intention is that it has a magic power. Anything that you do is a matter of this world, a worldly subject. For example, I move to visit a person who is ill. This is a worldly action. This is something that can be measured by number. This is something that can be examined by the laws of physics. So this is worldly. But intention has the power of transforming this action into something which is spiritual. Something which is from another world. Something that no scientist can measure. Something that even if this world ends, that would not end. That's the power of intention. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ma'indakum yanfad, wa ma'indallahi baq. Whatever is with you, whatever is inside you, among you, near you, around you, anything in this world would expire. Whatever is with him would remain. Intention is something that we are able to initiate in this world but has a quality that would endure, goes beyond this world. You do something maybe in a minute or an hour, but if you do it with sincere intention, it remains forever. Sometimes you do something and you yourself forget. You do something with sincerity. You help someone with sincerity. You forget. That person also may forget. Or you may die. But it's never going to expire. You initiate. But then it's preserved. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's always remained. As far as I know, there is nothing that we can do that has this power. We can initiate something in this world, but it's endurable, it's going to be eternal, it's going to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's sincere intention. Of course, if you have bad intention, also it would remain, but in a negative way. So sincere intention has the power of transformation. If intention is sincere, even a little action becomes significant. 
You know, in our hadith we find that even little actions with sincerity are more important than actions that may look great but without sincerity. Or for example, the focus should be on sincerity of intention and action, not the quantity. Why? Because even if you manage to produce a little light, a little hasana, a little a spiritual product is much more valuable than anything worthy. So, if you can say one la ilaha illallah with sincerity, hadith says it's like planting one tree in heaven. Now, if you have one tree in heaven, How valuable it is with worldly currency? Can you give any price for that? You say a heavenly tree is one million pounds. One billion pounds, it has no value. You cannot give anything in dunya to buy anything from akhirah. Unless you are able to convert, to transform this worldly currency, this worldly action into something from the other world. Sometimes I use this example, I say, imagine you are moving from one country to another country. And there is no connection between these two countries. No exchange shop for banking. You can only use in each country its own currency. So, if you have lots of money in your first location, and then you want to move to the next location. You cannot say, I will be rich over there because I have lots of money here. You can only feel you are rich there if you manage to transform, to convert the money that you have in the first location and make sure that you take with you over there. Otherwise useless. So anything in dunya, if it is not changed and transformed into something which has quality of that world, would be useless. Imagine I have lots of assets, lots of jewelry, lots of treasures, lots of, I don't know, notes. But it's all in dunya. It's not going to make me rich in Akhirah. This is why people told Qarun, 
Ad-Dar Al-Akhirah. Seek with what Allah has given you the hereafter. Don't forget, we can only use part of it in dunya, but the rest remains here. It's not going to be transformed or transferred unless you do it yourself. Even if I ask my children or my family or my guardians to do this for me, I say I'm traveling to the next world, please send this money later to me. Even if they are going to use it for good purposes, it's not that beneficial. Even if they are going to use it for charity, it's not that beneficial. Yes, just because you have this concern that at least after you die, your money is used in good way, you get some sawab. But not more than that. It's never like you, even if you send one-tenth of that before you die. You all know the story. A person died and has made this wasiyah, this will, that when I die, my dates, he had a big storage of dates be given to the poor people. MashaAllah, very good. He could have just said, I die without making any wasiyah, you know, be distributed by the inheritors. But this is very little. Why you don't do this when you are alive? So when they distributed, one date dropped on the ground and was dusted. Yeah, if uh, it could move towards the left so that people who come can enter, please. Attractions of dunya are there, not when you cannot do anything because you are buried. When you are still in dunya, and dunya is attracting you toward itself, and you make a sincere intention of doing something for the sake of Allah, you make a little sacrifice for the sake of Allah, that's going to remain forever for you. And anything which is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be great. 
Anything which is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can change your situation. If Allah accepts one salah, it can change our life. If accept one sadaqah, it can change our life. So, niyyah is very important and has this magic power of transforming worldly actions and worldly objects like money into something which is not worldly, something which is spiritual, something which is from the other world, something which is in the law, not in the kum. This is the power of intention. Therefore, you see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in Surah Bayyanah, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُدِّينَ They have not been asked to do anything except one thing. لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُدِّينَ قُنَفَاهِ Just to worship Allah, to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while they purify their religion for Allah. Why they remove any sign of shirk, any sign of polytheism from their religion, from their faith. They move towards the truth. Honafar is the plural form for Hanif. Hanif is someone who goes from falsehood towards the truth. And this is ikhlas. When we are sincerely worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it means that we would not let anything which is false to get into our intention. Because other than Allah, anything else is bottom. <laughs> So to worship Allah sincerely means to just follow the truth. Don't let things which are not real become your idol, become your Lord, become your God. Only be focused on the truth. Dedicate yourself to the truth. And Allah is the absolute truth. Dedicate yourself to virtues. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran in Surah Qafir فَدْعُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَقُدِّينَ The same message. Call Allah, worship Allah while you are purifying your faith for Him. Or Allah says to the Prophet, قُلْ إِنِّي أُمِرْتُ أَنْ أَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصًا لَهُ الدِّينَ I have been asked to worship Allah while I am purifying my religion, my faith for Him. So, it's not important just to be religious. It's not just a matter of doing certain actions it's not a matter of just observing 
some of the rituals of religion, it's a matter of wholeheartedly, sincerely facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and submit yourself to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not let anything else or any other thing come on your way become a barrier between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or na'udhu totally take you away sometimes things become barriers you are still moving towards Allah but they slow you down sometimes they take you totally away means to let nothing come between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or deviate you. Then we understand from the Quran that this process of ikhlas has two major stages. First, something that you have to do. Second, something that Allah would do with you. If you do the first part properly, the second part comes definitely. We have first to try hard to purify ourselves. We should be more less who is Mukhlas? Mukhlasin al-Huddin. Who is Mukhlas? The one who is trying to purify his faith. Purifying your intention. Purifying your actions. Purifying your thoughts. It is not good that a movement only does good actions, but his ideas and thoughts are bad. If I keep thinking about bad things, even if I manage not to act upon them, this is not good. Your heart must be the most hygienic place. We cannot bring bad stuff into our heart and then say, I am just controlling them, I am making sure that nothing comes out, nothing is infected. When bad thoughts, bad memories go into our heart, it darkens our heart. So Mukhlis tries even to be careful about his or her memory, idea, thoughts, contacts, relations, everything. As much as we can, we try to purify everything, remove anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you know human beings are so complicated that we can never be sure. Actually, we can be sure that we are not pure. Not only we can never be sure that we are pure, we can be sure that we are not pure. Because there are so many layers that you have to clean all of them. And some of these layers even are unknown to us. Sometimes something is hidden in your heart after 20 years comes out. There was something in shaitan that after 6,000 years came out. Sometimes there is hope 
love for position that is not visible but then maybe after 40 years 50 years it comes out when you are unknown of Burjah doesn't become clear when you reach a position that you have respect you have a strength you have following people listen to you that's the time that would be the time of test so Mukhlis is the one who is trying his best or her best to purify anything. Whether it be intention, thoughts, ideas, actions, beliefs, anything for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes and takes over. Help of Allah, of course, is needed throughout. But we reach a point that then it's only Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. After you become mukhlis, then Allah takes over and He purifies you completely. And then you become mukhlis. Then you are purified by Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is when nothing impure left. If you can scan such people from surface to the most fundamental layers of the cell. Cell, you know, cell is the very internal aspect of everyone's reality. You would see no impurity. These are mukhlasun. The Quran in few verses talks about mukhlasin. For example, Shaitan says, "Bi'azzatika la ughwiyannahum ajma'in illa ibadaka minhumul mukhlasin." Shaitan says, by your honor and dignity. You know, it's very difficult for us to understand how you can stand against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And still you say, Because Shaitan knows that Izza of Allah is something that is very, very powerful. And when he wants to make the strongest qasam, he says, Be'izzatik. I am going to deceive them. La'ughuyannahum ajma'in. Illa ibadaka minhumul muhlasin. Except those servants of you who are purified, not muhlasin. Muhlasin still can be deceived. But mukhlasin, those who are purified. Those who are purified. Shaitan would not try to deceive them because he knows it's useless. And you know, Shaitan is very efficient. Shaitan would not waste his energy and time 
trying to deceive someone that he knows would never be deceived. There are two groups of people that Shaitan would not waste his energy with them. The first are Mukhlasin. Shaitan doesn't waste his energy with them because it's useless. How can Shaitan deceive them when they have purified everything and left no entrance for Shaitan in their hearts? There is another group of people that Shaitan would not waste his energy on deceiving them because they are satanic. It's Tahsil al-Hasil. So Shaitan would have spent his energy more on the people who are not satanic. They are trying and Shaitan wants to stop them. So you see that average Mu'mineen are more attacked by Shaitan. Because these are the people that Shaitan wants to make sure that they don't go to the right direction. Those who are going to the right direction are not the first target. Unless Shaitan can make them even worse. So, لَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ إِلَّا عِبَادَكَ مِنْهُمُ الْمُخْلَسِينَ Also the Quran says, وَمَا تُجْزَوْنَ إِلَّا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Very important ayah. You are not rewarded except based on what you have been doing. What have you done? Good or bad? Allah would take into consideration and recompensate. Might be rewarding, might be punishing, based on the action. <coughs> but there is a group of people that their reward is not for their action. <coughs> it's very beautiful. مَا تُجْزَوْنَ إِلَّا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ إِلَّا عِبَادَ اللَّهِ الْمُخْلَسِينَ Those who are purified, their reality is for Allah. Their entire being is at the service of Allah. Allah then would not count their actions. Allah accepts them all as a whole, as a unit. This is another quality of mukhlasin. The other thing that we find about mukhlasin in the Quran is that mukhlasin are not questioned on the day of judgment. You know, questioning of the day of judgment is very, very difficult thing. I mentioned last night. It's very difficult. Even if you have all the answers ready, just to be there is worrying. Let alone if you don't have answers. But the Quran says about Mukhlasin, فَإِنَّهُمْ لَمُخْبَرُونَ إِلَّا عِبَادَ اللَّهِ الْمُخْلَسِينَ Those who are purified, they are not even brought for question. Because they have dedicated everything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
So Allah is not going to question them because Allah knows that they have done everything already. Another thing that we find which is maybe more difficult to understand is about the way they describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, Subhanallah amma yasaboon illa ibadallah al-mukhlasin. Anyone, even mukhlasin, when they describe God, it falls short. You have to do tasbih. Even mukhlasin. Even if a great alim who is very sincere, a top philosopher and arif who is sincere, if he describes God, you have to say God is still greater. Subhanallah amma yasabun. Allah is to be glorified with respect to what they describe. The only people that Allah is pleased with their way of describing Allah al-Mukhlasin. Why? Because they don't describe Allah by words. They describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by having nothing left in them from themselves and becoming a mirror reflecting the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't need even to listen to their words, you can just look at them and be reminded of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their life is where you can find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in books, sometimes we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in holy places, but there are people that in their presence we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are Muslims. You don't see anything selfish. You don't think anything personal. You don't think anything worldly. They are only just reminding you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, first we start with working on our intention. As much as possible, we should try to purify our intention. Of course, I should say here, this should not stop you doing things. If you know something is good, don't stop doing it because you are not sure about your intention. Because this can be a plot of shaitan stopping you to do good things. For example, you want to go to Madras, you want to go to lecture, you want to do something good, some charitable work, you want to recite Quran, say, I don't know what is my intention, I don't do it. No. You have to do things which are good, but at the same time, you have to work on your intention. Never take it for granted that my intention is sincere. But never also stop doing good things, because doing good things why you have concern for your intention, little by little, helps you. If you want to drive 
and you want to be able really to drive very well with tranquility, without stress, without worry. You cannot say, because I am not sure how I am going to drive, I don't drive. I only drive when I am 100% sure that I will drive, you know, peacefully. No. You have to learn and then practice. But never stop learning. Never stop examining your driving. Never stop asking people, how was my driving? Because we are already in need of refining and improving. So we start with our intention, but then little by little we should try to purify every aspect of our life and dedicate it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even my job, even my family relation, everything should be for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then inshallah if Allah finds us sincere in this effort, He would take over and complete the job of purification. Then you become mukhlas. Then you become mutahhar. You become muqarrar. You become muzakkar. Let me read for you two hadith and inshallah I finish. This is a very important discussion. We should inshallah continue this discussion another time. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Bil ikhlasi tatabadalu maratibul mu'mini Levels of mu'minin, ranks of mu'minin will be fixed according to their sincerity Mu'mineen are put in different ranks based on their ikhlas. Whoever has more sincerity is put in a higher rank. Very simple. Ikhlas is the key. Amir al said, Those who purify for the sake of Allah, their worship and their praying, these are the people that we have to envy them. These are the people who have had great achievement. They are purified for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their ibadah and their dua. وَلَمْ يَشْقَلْ قَلْبَهُ بِمَا تَرَاهُ عَيْنَاهُ What they see with their eyes would not be able to preoccupy their mind and heart and make them forgetful. You know, unfortunately, or I don't know, maybe fortunately, it depends how you interact. Nowadays, there are too many distractions. Too many distractions. Even year by year, it's as if it's multiplied. So many distractions. In the past, something around you 
could distract you. Now something in another part of the world also can distract us. So it's not just things which are local, even things which are national, international, even things that happen in other planets can distract us. And we have to learn how to remain focused and at the same time not to ignore something useful that we may need to pay attention to. It's very difficult. You have gone to a market, you want to sell and buy, but there is so much noise and so many products. You don't know what to buy and from whom to buy and how to finish your business. So many things that come to your attention. It's very, very difficult. It's a very difficult time, but at the same time, it can be a blessing for those who are focused. Those who know what they want and can choose and be selective. It's a very good time. Because you can benefit from the best thing in the world. But if you are not focused and selective, rubbish of the whole world can make you busy. So it's very important to be focused. His heart is not made busy with what his eyes see. Your heart must tell your eyes what to see, not that your heart tells your heart what you love, what you go after. Heart is the commander. No soldier tells the commander what to think about and what to plan. And he would not forget remembrance of Allah because of what he or she is listening or hearing. And you should not be sad when you see other people are given things that you don't have. If other people have good things, you should be thankful to Allah. Alhamdulillah, they have good things. You can ask Allah to give you. But why you are sad that other people have good things? And if they have bad things, why you should be you know, sad? Because many times people actually have problems and we think they are in a very good position and we envy them unnecessarily. Karun, before he was given that kind of punishment by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was very much envied by people. People said, ooh, we wish we were like Harun. But was Harun in a good condition? No. <coughs> so sometimes we envy people unnecessarily. But if supposedly they have something good, why we should be sad? Alhamdulillah, may Allah give them more. And then, if you want, you can ask Allah to forgive you. So, Amir al-Mumani says, those who have purified their worship and prayer for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and have not 
<coughs> made their heart busy with what they see and had not forget Allah's remembrance because of what they hear and their heart is not sad because of what other people have been given these are the people that have achieved success these are the people that we should try to resemble and follow so I repeat again the hadith of Lady Fatima at the end Man whoever sends high to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his sincere ibadah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would send down to him the best of his maslaha. I just 